Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Candidate Experience Confidential, Insights on Recruiting and Hiring, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leader Kevin Grossman. I'm Ira Wolf. And I'm Jason Cochran. In each of Kevin's episodes, you'll get the latest research, trends, and tips on the candidate experience to improve your recruiting and hiring practices for the future of work. Let's begin. In this episode, I'm going to talk about pre-boarding and onboarding, which pretty much are one and the same, at least when we're talking about what happens before day one for a new hire at organizations, big and small across industries, anywhere. It doesn't really matter. But let's talk about that stage for a little bit first and kind of set the stage. Because once an organization decides to hire a given candidate, it first sends, of course, an offer letter and may or may not negotiate. You know, that all depends on the role, the job type. There's many different things that might be different about that experience. But for the most part, if you're going to hire somebody, you give them an offer letter, whether that's done electronically or old-fashioned snail mail or even a verbal over the phone. However, this intricate and emotionally charged final step in the process can bring frustration because the organization may not succeed in closing the deal. I know that we have talked to many organizations in our candy community, as we call it, at Talent Board, organizations who have really struggled to close new hires, new hires that have maybe verbally accepted or even accepted the offer in writing and then have decline to take the job. But what complicates this is that when the process does take too long overall, it can be very frustrating for candidates. And again, this is going to vary depending on job time, but time continues to be a big frustration factor with final stage candidates, whatever the world looks like. This is why organizations must continue to provide a positive candidate experience and communicate with candidates throughout the process and beyond pre-boarding and onboarding. Now, again, pre-boarding is the stage before acceptance and day one. Onboarding is really, literally, it's what we've called that same thing, but pre-boarding has kind of been carved out now as this new stage prior to day one, although onboarding encompasses it, it all. And when new hires have a positive pre-boarding and onboarding experience, they are more productive in their first few weeks and may be more likely to stay with the new, the new employer out of the gate. And the good news is that at this stage is that most employers are all in with those they want to hire. And each year we see little to no difference in overall ratings during offer and onboarding compared to, in our community, companies that have above average candidate experience ratings in our benchmark research that we conduct. We also call them the candy winners. Again, candy short for candidate experience, but these are companies with above average ratings. Now, some companies however, make a heavy investment in earlier stages of talent acquisition, but then HR and hiring managers are in the mix at the end, right? It's not only under the purview of talent acquisition at this point when we're talking about bringing on new hires. And unfortunately, these candidates can be ignored. Too much time goes by. Their time can be disrespected and disrupted. Candidate experience is something that permeates. It's a 24-7 proposition in all stages of recruiting and hiring, but especially for the people you want to come on board to help you grow and sustain your business. When pre-boarding and onboarding go well, the benefits directly impact organizational success. When they go badly, 
employee morale and retention are at risk. One of the things that I'm going to share are some of the more best practices that we see from our benchmark research and some actual data from the 2022 benchmark research from Talent Board, primarily focused on North America, although we gather this data throughout the world. So let's talk a little bit more about what candidates want and really what they're telling us through the research now that we've kind of set the stage about pre-boarding and onboarding. It's no surprise that candidates want responsiveness again during the entire hiring process, specifically when they receive their offer based on their interview. Now, 62% of candidate responses in our research said that less than one week elapsed between the last interview and the receipt of an offer letter, which is up from 2021 and 2019, for that matter, in our data and research. But that's really important about timely offer based on from the last interview is always a critical differentiator in keeping or losing candidates, no matter how volatile overall the market has been. And it continues to be volatile, as we all know. Now, similar to 2021, 92% of the participating candidates last year in our research in 2022, they accepted the offers presented to them. So most candidates are telling us they are accepting them, even those that are maybe bailing at the last minute too, which is definitely something we've seen in the increase. Only about 30%, though, of the candidates in 2022 were invited to provide feedback on their candidate journey. And this is one of the things that I'm going to emphasize in this particular segment is asking the candidates for feedback is really, really important. It's a missed opportunity, unfortunately. The percentage for those candidates in our data last year that were not asked for feedback before their start date was actually down, which is a trend we prefer to see at the end of the day. When employers ask candidates for feedback prior to their start date, these candidates, now get this, were 88% more willing to increase their relationship out of the gate. And I, that's literally the verbiage that we state in our research and the questions that we ask, but it's all about whether or not it's a helpful retention starter out of the gate when you're asking your candidates, your new hires for feedback. We recommend doing that at all stages, including rejected candidates, but, but usually the comfort level for most companies is for the at the point of new hires. This kind of engagement is also critical to ensuring retention, at least in the short run, because again, we're not, even in our own data, we're not measuring what happens once they're an employee, other than their internal candidate experience, which is another episode for another time that we'll touch on. And it's all about building that bridge from candidate to employee experience at the end of the day. Job candidates may also have an existing relationship with the companies they're interested in, when they said they began their job search. Some of these relationships impact the overall candidate experience ratings, even if they accept an offer of employment. And in our data from last year, about 30% were, were current employees, 70% had friends or family who worked for the company, 12% were customers, and 4% were fans of the brand and followed their thought leadership. These groups all have the highest key ratings overall, and there's some reasons for that. Internal candidates always tend, and those who have a relationship, tend to have more brand affinity than those that just are coming in cold and they're just because they're interested in that organization overall. In fact, those with brand affinity had the highest net promoter score ratings of those hired, followed by those who were customers, both rating higher than current employees, actually. And no matter how many you cut from the data, the only time companies ever see candidate net promoter score ratings of 50 and above, and if you're not familiar with 
net promoter score. We convert a lot of our four and five point scales to net promoter score. Think of net promoter as a plus 100 minus 100 rating scale. Obviously anything that's a positive rating that's above zero is good. Anything above 50 is amazing. And that's the way we view net promoter score a little bit different than the traditional customer experience view of NPS, but still whatever the case is, the only happy customers in the recruiting and hiring equation are those who do get hired. And the majority of people, as we all know, in recruiting and hiring are not getting the job. Let me talk a little bit more about some specific differentiators. I've already shared some of the data around the importance of what happens in the final stages with your new hires. Time, again, is always a critical factor in recruiting, especially for those candidates who get offered. As I mentioned earlier, those who get the offer in less than one week after their interview definitely have a bigger impact. Their willingness to refer increases 76%. Their willingness to increase their relationship with the employer increase almost 80%. It is a big, big deal, the timeliness of that at the end of the day. And I know this can vary depending on the kind of jobs you're hiring for and the individuals you're hiring for. And sometimes when you have to maybe do certification checks and other kind of screening and background screening and testing that has to happen before they start, that complicates the timeline. But as soon as the sooner you can get those things done, the better at the end of the day. Investing in, in, again, in communication and engagement with new hires before they start is super critical. And that's what I'm going to end on. For the past few years, candidate experience has always been a top priority with most organizations, big and small across industries, especially in our candy community and the organizations we work with, but just across the board. Again, this whole volatile and competitive candidate market that we've seen in the past two to three years, it continues to be a struggle for employers. Many continue to lose new hires, hourly and sourly professionals at the end of the day before they even start. Even candy winners, again, those companies that have above average ratings in our research, actually they struggle with pre-boarding and onboarding too. In fact, only 21% of the candidates from our candy winners and all other participating benchmark research companies said they were provided multiple options to communicate goals, meet key team members, and get questions answered prior to their start date. Let me reiterate that. When candidates that have accepted the offer before they start, the more that they're communicated with beyond just filling out the paperwork, And this doesn't matter whether they're a remote position, whether in the office, in the plant, in the store, wherever that is, before they start, especially if there's some time in between before they start, the more that they're engaged and nurtured and communicated with, their willingness to increase their relationship increases 92%. And what that means is the way that we ask certain questions with the candidates, that just is a great retention starter from a new hire perspective, their willingness to increase that relationship with you, the business, and the brand their IE new employer. Only 40% of candidates said they received a call from the hiring manager prior to starting and only 24% received text. This is another area of improvement that we highly recommend. And I know when it comes to recruiting and hiring, sometimes you're at the mercy of what the hiring managers do or don't do, but getting them on board with communicating with their new hires prior to the start date makes a huge difference in the end of the day. Again, all of these things that I've been sharing in this particular segment about pre-boarding and onboarding revolve always around consistent and timely communication and feedback, especially before they start on day one to ensure they start on day one. The last thing I'll leave you with is that there's many companies that have dedicated pre-boarding teams. Now, again, that's all going to depend on your size, 
your volume of hiring. And if you have, again, the resources to be able to do that, there's been companies that that we have talked to in our candy community that are definitely doing this, having assigned teams to help nurture and engage new hires prior to starting. There's a call center, a global call center company that I had spoken with in the past that has a dedicated team they actually call Job Angels, which I love to share every time I talk about pre-boarding and onboarding because it is a great name and it's really meaningful too, right? Because it's all about and especially in, in a very high churn, volatile environment like call center, I'm having a team dedicated to nurturing and engaging and communicating with new hires before they start and even beyond when they start too, is a way to help improve retention for those candidates, whether they were external or internal, which again, internals always get more love as they should, but that is what we recommend. So again, as much dedication that you can give to your pre-boarding and onboarding activities, team-wise, process-wise, even technology-wise is a win for you and your organization and your new hires. And hopefully that they will have a great tenured employee experience at your organizations today. So that's why I wanted to talk about today, pre-boarding and onboarding. And thanks again. You can learn more at thetalentboard.org. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and learning what's ahead for the future of recruiting and hiring. We'll be back next month with Kevin for another episode. But until then, please visit the Talent Board's website for additional resources at thetalentboard.org. And remember, don't let the shift hit your plans.